Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for the lighter side of baseball. Some people call it on the lighter side of baseball. I just call it a great way to spend an hour during this great day. We're in San Diego, actually, at Palma Valley. We're on scene. We've got a guest coming in. Doug Goo's going to take a few minutes off his busy schedule to come in and talk a little bit about baseball. He knows a lot about baseball. He's a former Royals Fantasy Camp graduate, and so he can do it all. Anyway, we're here with podcast number 32, and there's only one number 32 in my mind, and that is none other than Sandy Koufax, a guy who nobody thought would ever make it in the major leagues. When he threw at the beginning of his career, he couldn't find the batter's box, let alone the catcher's mask, but he settled down, and he became probably the greatest lefty of all time. Nothing personal to Juan Marichal. So 31 just came online, folks, so you can get that on SoundCloud or you can get it live on iTunes. That's right, that little purple thing on your iPhone, hit that. Go to The Lighter Side of Baseball, hit subscriptions. We charge nothing, and that's what they're worth. And so uh, we hope you enjoy it. Anyway, 31, man, I'm going to have to do a highlight, which I think are the greatest of the uh, 32. Today will obviously be right in there with the greatest, but... uh, the Dick Hauser interview, for those of you that are new to the show, I'd recommend Dick Hauser. I'd recommend the uh, Dave Nelson tribute on the uh, year anniversary of his death, which would have been in April of this year. So we will be talking a lot about that and some of Doug's experiences with Dave and baseball in general. So anyway, we just finished an exciting round of golf. Palma Valley Country Club is undergoing some incredible changes, and that's a lot of fun. And... Uh, Doug and I and our wives and a uh, good friend of Doug's and mine are going to the Cub game tomorrow at Petco Park. Yeah, the fourth game of a four-game series. The Cubs won the first game, and yesterday they virtually threw it away. The guy we really like, Ben Zobris, threw the ball a little wild to the shortstop, and three runs came in on a bases-clearing double play ball. We don't like to see that. But nonetheless, those things happen in baseball. The Cubs are quickly playing themselves out of a wild card spot. But bad news for the Brewers, man. When on the uh, day that they picked up a game on the Cubs in the wild card race and moved into sole possession of the only team behind the Cubs and the uh, Nationals for a wild card spot, uh, Christian Yelich took a ball off his knee, broke his kneecap, and he is gone for the year with Kane kind of down out there. Uh, They're going to be struggling, but it seems like those guys play 800 baseball in September. I don't get it. Craig Council ought to change the calendar, and every day from opening day until the end of the year, he ought to put up 30 days of September. Guys, it's September 1st. Let's go. But uh, we're going to go up to Milwaukee on the 22nd of this month. We're going to talk to uh, Craig Kishan, the uh, broadcast partner of uh, my good buddy Dave Nelson, and then we're going to also try to get a hold of one of my former clients, the third base coach, Number zero, the only number zero I am aware of in Major League Baseball, Eddie Cedar. So if we can get him on the show, and in between now and then, we are going to have uh, uh, a meal with Jerry Reinstorf. We're going to try to get Jerry to do a few minutes of a podcast, and then we're going to go to the uh, golf tournament up in Minnesota that used to be the Davey Nelson Golf Tournament. Randall McDaniel, six-time Hall of Famer, including the NFL Hall of Fame is putting on that golf tournament. My guest today, Doug Goode, is going to be up there uh, in Minnesota playing. And uh, so if you're Doug's employer and you're listening to the show, he's working hard today and making up for lost time. Anyway, luckily the viewing audience, uh, listening audience is like eight people, so 
we don't have anything to worry about there. At any rate, so that's kind of our schedule. We hope you've enjoyed the first 31 podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them. It's always more fun when we have a guest, and Doug will be coming along in about five or ten minutes in segment two. Segment one, we're talking a little bit about the divisional races. They've been over for probably a month in the National League West. The Dodgers have already uh, broken open the champagne, as I predicted they would do when the Diamondbacks uh, although they held on a few days longer than I thought they would, they're gone. The National League Central is the only race in town. I think the Braves are going to end up holding on to that. And then it's only a question of who's going to uh, be in the wild card game. And so far, the Nationals and the Cubs keep trying to go back to the pack. As I said, Yelich is out for the season. Javi Baez for the Cubs broke a small bone, hairline fracture in his thumb. He's out for the regular season. The next day... Uh, Russell for the Cubs, uh, Addison Russell got hit in the head. He's going through the concussion protocol. And so they called up a kid who is the Cubs' top prospect, Nico. Yes, it rhymes with Rico, and that would be Rico Petroselli, Rico Cardi, and Rico Crime if you're a lawyer in the uh, strike force. But anyway, Rico, that rhymes with Nico, Nico the shortstop that took the place of all those other injured Cubs, Nico Horner. Interesting thing on Nico, he was the first player of the 2018 Major League Amateur Draft to make it into the Major Leagues for an official appearance, which constitutes either throwing a pitch or getting in at bat. So not only that, he went three for four. And he got a hit last night. So the guy's on fire. In his first two games, he's got four hits. He's hitting 442. That's better than Ted Williams, Tony Gwynn, or George Brett. And they're the three of the best hitters I can think of. We'll talk to Doug a little bit about Brett, I bet. Anyway, so that's sort of it. The Padres game is uh, tonight. We're not going to that. The Padres game tomorrow, we are going to. We're going to see you, Darvish. That should be interesting if he doesn't have a cold or some other reason to not pitch. And uh, that's kind of it. The races are going along. The home runs are continuing to fly. I think it's the bats. Some people think it's the ball. Major League Baseball says the balls have less drag. I don't know. I don't know what drag means, but I'm sure it's a term in physics. I didn't do that well in my high school physics class, but be that as it may. That's kind of it. Sandy Koufax, what a great pitcher. Number 32, podcast 32. I told you we were going to try to go for 50, but... I don't know. There's something about 42 and Jackie Robinson's number. I'm infatuated with numbers of baseball players. Did not see Jackie Robinson play a little before my time, but I did see Sandy Koufax play. I've got his rookie card, and I'm telling you, his rookie baseball card is really, really a good-looking card. Everybody ought to go out and buy one. So uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes with Doug. He loves baseball, hockey, the Chiefs, and... I'm sure lots of other things we'll talk about. So, later side of baseball, like you all know, there's no sponsor yet. We're out looking for a sponsor. I think we're going to be able to find a sponsor in the offseason. I'm, I'm hoping that during my lunch with Mr. Reinsdorf, maybe uh, he'll decide to sponsor the show because I've been so kind to him in some of these earlier podcasts that he's never listened to. So, that is it. Uh, with Jerry, we'll talk about cigars. With Doug, I'm going to smoke a cigar, but maybe not during this podcast, although... I have, as you know, smoked a cigar on the podcast before. So that's it. Uh, We will be back after a word. No, we'll be back after I catch my breath and get the computer rolling again. So 
for Jamie Uretsky on the lighter side of baseball from Palma Valley, California. Stay tuned. It's going to really get exciting. And we are back on the lighter side of baseball with a few technical problems worked out. We've got a little echo going on here, but that's because we're on location right near the Pacific Ocean. I think we can see the people surfing, golfing, skydiving, hang gliding, none of the above. We're out here with Doug Good And Doug, it's good to have you on the show. What, uh, what do you think uh, is your favorite part of being on this show, other than being around me and hanging with the gang? Well, the opportunity to share this experience with your great audience, of course. And it is a great audience, and uh, you're a big part of it. In fact, you may be 50% of the audience, and now the participant. So that's great. We've had uh, some other guests, and they've all been, uh, been good. And we always talk about you know, the love of the game and how we got started. We talk about our good friend Dave Nelson, who you've known for a long time. And uh, we talk a little bit about stats and stat cast and things that I get about baseball, so we're going to kind of go over that stuff and talk a little bit about the Kansas City Royals, the new owner, and uh, where they can go from here and all the good, good times that uh, the Royals have provided us. So let's start at the beginning, and uh, for the audience, he's really a hockey, hockey, hockey guy. He loves the Chiefs, and he loves the Royals. He's a homer. What do you think about uh, uh, the Royals, and how in the world did you get into baseball? You know, the Royals have been... Uh part of my life for long ever since I came to Kansas City. Um, I'm actually very optimistic. I'm glad to see that we've got some new ownership, new blood, and I think that, um, and we're looking up, I'd love to repeat 14 and 15. Um, I got into baseball just like a lot of kids did with their dad. My father worked, uh, he owned a business and so he worked long hours, but in the evening we would either listen to the game at the, at the business or while we drove home. and. That's my first kind of intro into it. Um, obviously, being from Kansas City, we started with the Kansas City A's, and my uncle and my dad took me to a game when I was probably four or five, and kind of that was it. Food, man, that's one of my favorite topics at uh, baseball <laughs> games. What kind of uh, establishment did your dad have? He had a Tasty Freeze, which was uh, known for their 50 flavors of shakes and some great burgers. I'll tell you what, today's a good day for some ice cream. Maybe after the show, our sponsor will buy us a, a nice, uh, what's a fancy kind of Edie's ice cream, or anyway, uh, ballpark food. We're going to the game tomorrow. Doug and I are going. We're going to taste some food down there. But let's talk a little bit about Royals baseball and some of the uh, good times you've had. I'm not sure how long you've uh, been following the Royals, but probably you know, quite a while. Ever since day one. Yeah, no, I mean, I we... Uh the Royals used to be, you know, what we did as kids. We would go out back when the general admission seats for, you know, three dollars. We'd go out early, watch George Brett, Namus Otis, and Patek, and Cookie Rojas, and all the guys. And it was, it was our weekend adventures. When certainly from high school through early college days. What about Municipal Stadium? Were you ever out there? I was out there for the A's game, and for I think the Royals only played one or two seasons out there, so I didn't go to more than one or two games out at Municipal, but um, went to a lot once the uh, once Kaufman opened. What about uh, the Oakland A's? Now, when they were in Kansas City, did you ever go to? Uh, that was the first game that I went to. Awesome. My my father and uncle took me to a game. Yeah, parked in a yard. How old were you? We didn't get to go to Bryant's, but uh, probably four years. You were four years old. Yeah, four to five. So like you that. beat me by two or three years. First game I can remember was when I was seven years old. 
I saw Bob Keegan throw a no-hitter, but I really don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember much of the game. I just remember being excited and going. So. Was there like a 10-year break between your first game and your second game, or did you uh, head to the ballpark quite a bit? No, probably, uh, you know, we would go. We were busy a lot, so I probably went two years after that. What about with your dad? Did, did you guys play catch, or did he? Uh, I know he probably didn't have a lot of time running the Tasty Freeze. My dad and I played some, um, but you know, mostly my baseball growing up was through the neighborhood. We back when you had old pickup games or hot box. My neighbor owned a uh, batting cage that was in our backyard, so I got oh. to hit a lot. That's cool. That's cool. Now, did they have high school baseball when you were in, in yes, high school? Yeah, because yeah. at some point. There wasn't any high school baseball in Kansas City that I recall, or it was not very far advanced. Yeah, we, uh, I went to Shadow Mission South. We had high school. I went out for the team, um, and both years, my sophomore year, I broke my ankle playing hockey. My junior year, I tore all my ligaments in my left knee, so I couldn't play either of those years. And by the time my senior year came around, I didn't want to play. Well, and so with respect to... You know, they had summer leagues that were going on in Kansas City that were pretty famous. Um, did you do any of that? Yeah, three and two baseball. We had we had a great, fun summer league team with three and two. I would have played Ben Johnson again, but um, just, you know, didn't do that after I, I was planning on doing it if I would have played high school. But I didn't. It's just weird. Every every part of the country has different different kinds of premier baseball. It doesn't seem like it's that way, in, at least when we were growing up. Uh, besides baseball, uh, we had American Legion, we had Pony League, we had Little League. We didn't have Ban Johnson, but Ban Johnson's a big deal. It is a big deal. We had a lot of very, very good teams. A bunch of my summer league guys, buddies played on it. Does the Royals have a guy whose numbers retired that played in Ban Johnson? Frank White. Yeah. I would guess he, he came up through the Royals Academy, everything. Yeah, I mean, there are only, uh, what, three Royals that have their numbers retired, plus Jackie Robinson. And so uh, one's my favorite guy in the world, Dick Hauser. And then you've got Frank White. And then uh, who's that other guy? Yeah, that number five. Although he played third base, I think. Yeah, no, George, it's, uh, you know, we've been, we've been blessed to have some very good talent run through Kansas City. But have stayed around. I mean, you can still see... I mean, I've played with Frank White a couple times in golf tournaments, charity talk golf tournaments. Right. He was my fantasy league baseball coach down in yeah. uh, Surprise, and a uh, great guy. He's still, uh, he's still in uh, politics in Kansas City. Yeah, active in the local politics. It's really a shame, though, and maybe now with new ownership, the Royals will uh, bring him back, but I know that, that he got sideways with Dan Glass and... Uh, he hasn't been out to Royal Stadium as well, Kauffman Stadium as much as he should have been, so hopefully this change in ownership will yeah. do something about that. Two things about the show. When we're outside doing these remotes, looking at the ocean, every now and then an F-16, an F-22, a paratroop or a helicopter, who knows what's going to fly over the skies of Southern California? You might have just heard a sounded to me like a Cessna 182 going over, but anyway, that's kind of fun. Before, you were hearing motorboats in the lake, now you're on, you know, who knows going over the head. The other thing about this show is we don't shy away from controversy, and I will say that Frank White has been mistreated by the Royals unbelievably, and it's a shame. I mean, he was a broadcaster, and, you know, 
they really aren't bad broadcasters. I, I get kind of uptight with Costas and, and Smoltzy occasionally, and I can jump on some of these guys. But Frank had his own style. Everybody has their own style. But, you know, he worked his way up trying to manage. He coached. He, done all, he did all the right things. And uh, for some reason, the two sides never got together. I can't I figure it out. I think he was very instrumental in bringing Hosmer and Musakis, all those guys along in minor leagues. Right, absolutely. You know, I, mean, he, I, I, I don't get it. I never have understood that. It's a shame. But, uh, he coached in Wichita, coached yeah. those guys. They all did come up, and you're exactly right. And it's, you know, it's just one of those things in baseball that I don't understand. The coaches, and uh, my buddy Nelly was a coach with the White Sox. He was a coach with the Indians. He was a coach with the, with the Brewers. Now, you've got... Baseball players being paid anywhere from the average salary now is probably two to three million dollars. The coaches just get diddly. They work 20 hours a day, and Frank White did the same thing, and then he did some broadcasting, and they act like the dude's got an infectious disease. I mean, they really threw him out to the wolves, and uh, you know it's sad because, uh, I, and I don't know what what the inner story is, what the story is with whether it's Dan Glass or David Glass or Dayton Moore, I don't have a clue. But you shouldn't have to kiss ass to be recognized as one of the best players in an organization that sticks with its best players. And I, I'm not saying John Watham is the other side of Frank, but John is a great guy, one of my favorites, and he is still part of the Royals advisor groups and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I, 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 my understanding is it was, it was definitely David that was, uh, I mean Dan, that was the riff, but again. Yeah, and we both know George, and George uh, has done some things that probably wouldn't be at the top of the list of an organization trying to build PR with the fan base, but he's matured, Frank's matured, and I just don't get it, and, and you're right. I hope that John Sherman and his group uh, that are supposedly buying the Royals for a b -b 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 billion, a billion dollars. That's just amazing. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> the Royals. Were so, I mean, I think I told Doug Reinsdorf, after we represented the Royals, tried to get me to put an ownership group together, and, you know, I came up with about $10,000, and, and uh, Utilicorp, who's not around anymore, came up with a little bit, and, you know, just, I, I couldn't. I, I'm so glad. How do you own a major league team without having billions of dollars to invest in the farm system? And hopefully the Royals farm system is just disappointing. And you've been it is. It's very, it's very bad. Now, I, don't, I don't know. It sounded like the Omaha Storm Chasers had a decent year this year. Um, See, so I don't even follow that. I don't know if and I, I have a podcast. Yeah, well, I, the only reason I know is I've got a... Uh, brother-in-law out there that loves Royals baseball and follows it. But folks, this guy, Doug, our guest, is into more sports and the minutiae of it, which is a credit to him. You can, you can bring up any subject and he's not only knowledgeable, up to date, and, and you are, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because even though I'm staying at your condo for free, <laughs> but uh, be that as it may, no, you do. And speaking of that, Doug and I, from time to time, will disagree on certain things, and one of the issues that has really uh, was big at the beginning of the year was speed and pace of play. Oh my God! And uh, it 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 seems to have fallen off the face of the earth. Nobody seems to care at this point. 
Well, we were watching the game last night, the Cubs-Padres game. It Went took, to bed. It took like 40 minutes for one, three outs, if that. Yeah, and, and what Doug's talking about is with the rosters expanded, the Cubs are carrying about 37 guys. They're carrying everybody on their 40-man roster that's not hurt. And so Madden, who from time to time can get preoccupied with this lefty-righty matchup, and I'm not knocking Joe. I mean, the guy's got a World Series ring, and he's been there with, with two teams in the World Series. But, I mean, it drives you crazy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That, the batter's getting out of the box all the time. Um, pitcher's calling off the catchers. I mean, it's just, and what I really don't like, and this is where I know you and I disagree, but I don't think that you should be able to go out and pull a pitcher after the pitcher before and only threw to one batter only through to two pitches or whatever. They need to stay in there. Change one pitcher an inning, short of injury, but they need to do something. I don't care what, just try something. It's four hours long, it's too long. Well, supposedly that's the new rule that's gonna come into play, assuming the owners and the Players Association agree. Now, under the current uh, agreement with the players, the Major League Baseball can change any rule it wants without the approval of Major League Baseball, but, with, uh, without the approval of the players. But I think that's going to be one deal that when you come into the game, you got to face at least, is it you have to finish the inning or you have to face a couple of hitters? I don't know. I knew the rule once, but, but we'll see what happens this fall. Anyway, that's a deal. And it just, you know, the, 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 I've never been a fan of the pitch clock, but if it means two and a half hour ball games, I'm all for it. It shouldn't last longer than your favorite sport, hockey. No, I agree. There's no, there's no reason for it. You, you had a great idea about the people leaving the box and the pitchers not being ready. Is you know, you put that clock on them, and if the pitcher's not ready, it's a ball to the batter. If the batter's not ready, it's a strike to the batter. In that and, time. and I, I guarantee you, it'll never happen. No, you know. The, the other thing they need to do is ride the strike. Make these guys swing the friggin' bat. You must have listened to a podcast or two. I did. The uh, lower the mound, increase the strike zone. And you have a 30-second clock, like in basketball, and don't stop it. You know the, the the clock in the minor league deal. They go, if the pitcher throws to first base, that stops the clock. If the pitcher gets off the rubber, that's that's insane. That's stupid, counterproductive. What they ought to do is start the clock when the pitcher gets the ball back from the catcher, and after 30 seconds, ball one, or strike one if it's the batter screwing up, and that'll never happen. It'll never yeah, happen. That's a great. I, I don't know what you do for if the guys on if there's a guy runner at first or second. You do want to be able to hold them on and make sure you make a throw. See, it, that's something you'd have to work out. Because if you throw over once and you still got the 30 second clock, that might. What do you think about electronic strike zones? I'm good. I'm good with them. See, we don't agree with that. I love get. I mean, I wouldn't have anybody I to get watched, on. I just watched the U.S. Open, man. I love the, uh, the electronic. You know, recall on the whether a serve or something was in or out. I love it. That's All hilarious. Time. I would die if the, if Major League Baseball went to that or the uh, what I think is the funniest rule I ever heard was where you can steal first if you're the batter. I don't understand that. I'm not sure how you <laughs> that be crazy. So the, that I was in your woodchuck league or whatever, right? Well, I talked about it in that episode maybe, but it's in the uh, it's in an independent league which is not affiliated with Major League Baseball. And like if you have a, uh, a wild pitch, you can run the first base. Isn't that amazing? Crazy. Yeah, it's insane. So anyway, 
So in the middle of uh, the podcast, you might hear doors slamming, and you know there are a number of famous people that live around here. I won't divulge who they are, but they're also uh, from time to time uh, live audiences listening to our podcast. So anyway, now we're back a little bit with a different microphone, and uh, we'll see how that is with the sound quality. But we were talking a little bit about the Royals. We were talking a little bit about some of the rules where you try to speed up the game because like I was talking about in hockey, when you go to a hockey game, it starts at 7 o'clock, you're pretty sure that barring overtime, you're going to be done like at 9.30, right? In 9.30, certainly by 10. For sure. Yeah, so sometimes Major League Baseball drags on, and then in October, nobody cares because you get in the pennant races. And so speaking of the pennant races, who's your favorite team? I mean, the Royals are 800 games back. They were eliminated back in May. Yeah, I mean, Royals, Cubs, that's about it, man. <laughs> that is, those are my two. I'm, I'm kind of silently rooting for the Padres because some of the, some of the um, guys are ex-Royals. But I'll tell you, you know, because of Nelly and what the Brewers organization did for him, I am definitely a, a closet or not-so-closet Brewers fan now. Yeah, you know, it's hard to root against him. I, even Ryan Braun, who, you know, a lot of people don't like, especially Cub fans, uh, he was so good to Nelly, and they were such good friends. And in the uh, latter days of his life, Bronny was uh, right there. So, yeah, I kind of root for the Brewers, even though they're in the same division as the Cubs. The Cubs, you know, I've gotten on the Cubs a lot. They are, you know, hanging in there by, by a thread. Now, when they finish the series with the Padres, they play Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Milwaukee. I, I think they're done with Milwaukee, and they play the Cardinals seven times. So, it's in their own hands. Like we say, they've got a four-game lead to overcome with the, uh, with the Cardinals. But, you know, you win the wild card, you go, you face Max Scherzer. Right. That's not so good. No. <laughs> but but uh, speaking of Nelly, uh, you got to know Dave through, mm -hmm. through uh, our family. And uh, great guy, wasn't he? He was amazing. And what, what always intrigued me about him, I didn't care where I saw him, he just, it was like, almost a little uh, cloud of dust. He would have 20 people around him anywhere, and he could hold court. I remember going after his tournament, the last one of the last years in, up at uh, Kohler, we went to some little hole-in-the-wall bar where all the caddies go. You know, I oh wasn't my, there. Oh, my gosh. No, I've heard about this. My, my good friend Jack Abney and I went, and he was just holding court with a lot of local people right there just having the time of his life. It was, it was you know, Dave's talked about that, and um, Ed Eisner, the guy that is the uh, uh, tour director at uh, Black Wolf and Whistling Straits, went, and, and apparently that was their tradition that you caught, got into uh, in maybe the last year of Dave's life. I can't remember if that was... Uh, maybe in the last tournament we played in before he passed away, I think you're right. Yeah. I was always getting out of Dodge as quick as I could, and... I kept hearing about that that tradition. So tell me a little more. That was pretty well, cool. Well, you know, it's a little hole in the wall. It couldn't be more than 1,500 square foot bar. That typical Wisconsin bar, right? Lots of lots of old fashioned serve. Lots of cold spotted cow, and um, no food. I don't believe they had any food there. Um, and it was just a good good old bar that had some lots of TVs and some dart boards and. You know, a lot of locals, I think they were, most of the caddies were there just shooting the units, well, so to speak. Yeah, and with Dave, um, number one, 
he was always optimistic. He was always positive, very articulate, really never shut up if he had the opportunity to hold court. And he did it in a nice way. And he did it not talking about himself, but he'd talk about everybody else in the room. And he knew, it didn't matter how long he'd known you, he knew stuff about you that it wasn't in his phone or on his computer. It was in his brain. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the testament to it is when you went to one of his tournaments, all the people he had, I mean, Robin Young, Gorman, the Gorman, uh, Gorman Thomas, uh, the football, McDaniel, some of the football guys, um, Jason Grimsley flew up all the way from Houston. You had a guy that played um, with the Brewers that lives in the middle of Des Moines, middle of Iowa that that's his only event he does every year because of Dave. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just amazing how many lives he touched. It's, it was cool. And, um, you know, there were lots of guys that, that uh, went to that tournament, lots of guys that went to the St. Croix tournament. But I know Dave appreciated you going to the tournament because you really, you were just being, you were being nice uh, to me, nice to Dave to go to the tournament and to uh, help with uh, Open Arms, a home for children down in Kumga, South Africa that uh, we have all helped and contributed to in our own way. So um, this year, you're going back. Going to Minnesota, see the grandson and play golf. There you go. Great. What? Um, at any rate, the um, event this year is switched over to uh, Victoria, Minnesota. I talked to my buddy Stoney, who's played in this tournament with me forever, and he described the golf course as one of the hidden gems in the United States of America. So he's looking forward to playing it. He's bringing a friend or two with him. And uh, I've heard that uh, not only will Randall McDaniel be there, but uh, Carl Eller. I mean, I'm excited to meet Carl Eller and uh, see some of the same bozos that have shown up to support this thing. Uh, and I think it'll be it'll be fun. But you know, it's the f second one without Dave, and um, you know, it's sad. But again, as as Doug mentioned, the Brewers they keep doing stuff. They just did another 50/50 raffle in Dave's name to honor Dave with the money going to the hospice facility that he was in uh, at the uh, end of his life. And it's cool. And so the brewers called me and asked if I had any problem with that. And I said no, and I knew that Dave's son didn't. So I mean, it's just cool the way they continue to honor Nelly. Pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, that was just the first class send off. I mean, that's what I think you and I mentioned this. Just. Dave never did play for Milwaukee, right? He Correct. was only a coach yeah. and an announcer. Right. And they gave him a send-off that was unreal. I can't imagine what they would do for Robin Yount or Paul Molitor or you name it. Yeah, I was laughing with Yount, who I got to know a little bit at the golf tournament, and I was saying, you know, uh, Yant, uh, Selig, Euchre, yeah. those are the, that's the foundation. And I go, how in the world are they going to top what they've done for Nelly, they got the plaque, they got the sign, they raised, they matched the pot of 120 grand. So anyway, it's fun, and, and uh, yeah, we all miss him. But uh, he was always so, as you say, held court, always talking about everybody in an upbeat way. And I always think, what would we be talking about today if he was still alive? And it would be the the race, and are the Brewers or the Cubs going to be able to hang in there and and beat up on the Cardinals? And so I'm sure. He'd be in a lot of pain over Yelichev and his friggin' kneecap break 
Baez is a guy who, you know, you and I have talked about this, and I've talked about it to some other people in this day and age, about who you would pay to go see. Just because they came to Kansas City, or you were in L.A., or you were wherever, what Major League Baseball guys, and we'll get to football because you're bigger probably football guy, but for example, if I wasn't a Cubs season ticket holder, I'd pay to go see Javi Baez play a game. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a great question. I certainly love watching Hosmer play when they're in the Royals. Uh, it was kind of like whenever Brett was out of the lineup, it was, you know, just not the same game. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of the way I got with Hosmer or, or Salvi. Unfortunately, Salvi's been out, you know, all year. For There's another guy I would pay to see and Salvi in a heartbeat. Salvi is, you just, you don't run on him. I think I do pay about 20 grand a year to, <laughs> to see Salvi play. I, you know, I would, I, I've never really, I've, I saw Judge play once. That ball, that guy just hits the ball different. I he mean, does. it just sounds different coming off his bat. He's a, he's a pretty good, and then I would go watch um, Verlander, Scherzer, I mean, guys like that that are just so dominant pitching. Yeah, They're, Mike Trout, there's yeah. another guy that I'd go watch. Um, you know, you can go probably team to team, and, except for the Tigers, Orioles, and uh, Miami, although I like Castro down in, in Miami. But, um, you know, the, there aren't that many, I suppose, but on the other hand, I'd go pay team-wise. If a team were in town, I would pay money to see the Houston Astros. I'd pay money to see the... Uh, Dodgers, and I'd probably, everybody likes to see the Red Sox and the Yankees. Right now, the Red Sox are, you know, nothing but the defending world champions, but they're, they're going nowhere. So, you know, those are kind of guys. In football, you know, I know that you're a Kansas City Chiefs humongous fan, and who wouldn't be with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I, I, I would... Uh... Certainly, if he was on an opposing team, I'd go watch him. I always loved watching, even though he was a rival, I loved watching Elway play yeah. because he could dominate games, same way with Peyton Manning. Um, and although Brady's got that, I just, they're become the team that I just hate, you know. I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I think it's cool to watch him manage a game. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not probably what he was before, but he continues to win Super Bowls. He doesn't, he never loses his cool, really. He yells, but he's yelling because he's competitive. At Phillip Rivers, I get kind of tired of crying a lot. Um, but certainly he's a, you got to love his, he's, his, the heart and the fire oh in his gosh, belly. He's a guy, and he never swears. That's what I can't understand. Well, I mean, Kansas City people hate him because <laughs> he will drive the ball oh, yeah. at the end of the game and beat you. As he, Although he usually fumbles. Yeah, he does something stupid. We were at a game together that he pulled out a victory when they shouldn't have last year, That's as right. I recall. That's right. But... I look back, and it's probably just a, just part of the generation. I, I can think of more old football players that I would pay to go see. I'd go see, pay to see Favre. I'd go pay to see the Bart Starr, Johnny Nice. Well, those are the guys that I grew up with. Dick Butkus I'd pay to see. In baseball, you name it, Willie Mays, Ty Cobb. So let me ask you this. The... Uh, there was something, uh, and this is another one of my pet peeves, as most of these people know, MLB Network, I like, like I like Heidi Watney, who wouldn't like Heidi? It's the greatest show in the world, watch that, quick pitch. She's only on four nights a week, she should be on seven. Um, so they got Pedro Martinez, who's one of the great pitchers, and they asked, and I talked about this in 
the podcast 31 that just came online yesterday, I asked, or they were asking Pedro, you know, you got Ruth Gehrig, Ty Cobb, Tris Speaker, Honus Wagner, Roy Campanella, blah, blah, blah. And they name all the guys on, in the old days. Ernie Banks, not you know, Hank Aaron. And then they go through Springer and Altuve and, you know, the current Mike Trout. Who would you rather face? Or who would you be more afraid to face? And Martinez goes, the new guys. I disagree. Yeah, I, it, you know, they would say that. It's, that's a tough... When you're ever trying to compare one generation to another of athletes, it's tough. Um, most of the athletes today, bigger, stronger, faster. So they're probably going to have more talent. It's going to, they would probably be harder to face, mm -hmm. um, my opinion. I don't know how you compare it. I'm sure you didn't have the bats weren't the same, the baseball wasn't the same. I'm sure they had to count on being much more precise than that day. Well, their uniforms weighed 25 pounds. True. And yeah, they took the train. Yeah, and the lights yeah, sucked. Yeah. They didn't have these great. But there's another, switching gears. And I'm going to ask you this for all, for the three sports that I, I like and you love. Baseball, hockey, football. And the question is basically the same. We'll start with football because I know that's really your second passion behind hockey. TV or live? Which would you football? rather, yeah, which would you prefer? Oh, man. Chiefs game, I'd love to be there. I love being there. Because of the tailgate or the game? Both. It's just a better experience. It's a much better experience live. You can't argue now. The reason to me why attendance is down in football is they've got the TV product is so superior because they've got so many different angles. They replay everything. Um, but there's nothing like being at a Chiefs game live. Does football survive without fantasy football and betting? I think it would be a lot worse. Look, just look what's going on now with the first weekend of games. The ratings were up out the roof, and it's a lot to do with legalized betting now. Yeah. I mean, in the fantasy Were the football, ratings higher this Oh, yeah. I think, I think fantasy, league fo fantasy football definitely has put a spark. See, Doug follows this stuff. So, again, our studio is... is as pristine as you might imagine every now and then because we're so popular people are walking by and then dogs start barking so if you can hear that then a it's uh, interesting and b that shows that our sound equipment's working so we'll we'll check it out later but same same question with baseball um tv uh alive live yeah i agree i agree and hockey exact same way you got a hockey, I think, is now. And again, I go back to the original six because I grew up at the Chicago Stadium watching Bobby Hull, Makita, Kenny Warms, all those guys playing Gordie Howe, Gump Worsley, you name it. And you could probably name all the guys on all six teams. It expanded to 12, then it expanded to whatever it's at now. And um, it's still more fun to go to a game. I think it's the most spontaneous scoring of any sport. I agree, and I think if, and again, I don't know, my stats might be wrong, but at one point not too long ago, if you take the percentage of stadiums, the percentage of uh, capacity for a stadium of any of the major sports, hockey has the highest 
in-game attendance than any sport percentage-wise. Really? So if you take the top five teams in the NHL, sell over, they have more than 100% of capacity seats as their average attendance because of standing or only and sweet. That is interesting. Are the salaries reflective of that kind of bulging attendance? No, because of TV revenues out there. The TV revenue, I think, by far, besides maybe depending on how you count Major League Soccer, but, you know, is the worst. I don't. Okay, so, I mean, TV revenue for hockey is, if you, the four major, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, is by far the lowest. So yeah, so football would be the highest, I guess, yeah. and then they divide all that. Baseball's getting larger for some reason, although I think their ratings are down, attendance is down, but the TV package seems to go up. Yeah, I think, well, certainly the local packages are going up. I don't know if the national What do you think about betting in the ballpark, if they have prop bets or live betting where you can just take your phone and bet on will the Cubs go three up, three down this inning, or whatever it is? Uh, I thought they did. Now, I thought Fox Bet, you know, Fox Sports opened, they did a deal that's called Fox Bet, and I think you can, you can do it. I, I know you can bet on football right away. Prop bets, all kinds of bets. Now, do you have to be at the stadium? No, you do. Pro I think you, have, you may have to do it before the game, before oh. kickoff. Um, but they have prop bet. You can bet on. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. What they're talking about doing is somehow limiting the betting audience to the people that are active, actually in the stadium, and at some point on your smartphone, being able to make bets on certain innings or quarters or what have you. Closest to the rubber. Closest to the yeah, rubber. Yeah, yeah, God, those games were great. We used to pass we used to do bill. pass a dollar bill. Well, any other great games it was uh, you, you know, know they, they don't throw the ball back to the rubber you know, off the mound. If they did if they did that, I could see why the sports teams would like that. I'm not sure how you could, could patrol that from a actual gambling perspective. But the, That's supposedly the new the, way. The, the teams would love that, and the sports would love it, and certainly I think more people would show up on it. Yeah, I definitely think fantasy football and the growth of the explosion of fantasy football has led to the, you know, certainly a lot of, uh, and I don't mean this in a sexist way, but a lot more women follow NCAA football and pro football because they've got fantasy football teams, and that's great. I know, I've, that made me follow a lot more. Yeah. I mean, you stick with it. Sports cards, you ever collect any I stuff? Had, I used to collect, in my dad's restaurant, we used to sell football cards, baseball cards, hockey cards. Oh, so man. I would, I would so you had milkshakes, ice cream, hickory burgers, yeah. you name it, and you sold baseball yeah. cards. Bubble, oh, my. Bubble gum and baseball cards, football cards, yeah. Oh, my God. I would collect them, but, you know, we were dumb kids. We, we put them on our bike spokes, you know, with uh, the clothes hanger. Clothes That's why clothes. that Mickey Mantle 53 is worth uh, 50 grand. Or you'd throw them, or, you know, you'd do, yeah. Cause, yeah. But, so, yeah, I'd never spent a lot of money, never, I'm sure I won't get any money for them. So, Not like yours. The, uh, the Chiefs, Super Bowl, predictions? You know, I liked our chances a lot more uh, a week ago than, although with, with AB's recent um, yeah. Problems. I think certainly. I think it'll be the Chiefs and the and the uh, Patriots in the AFC Championship. World Hopefully Series. We'll get them back in uh, 
back in Kansas City. World, World Series. Series. I gotta think the Dodgers are going. You know, from Dodgers the Yankees, Dodgers Astros. I would hope. Or Dodgers not. Twins. Uh, no, no, I, th I think the Astros are probably. The, you know, they only got stronger with Grinky. Oh my you God! Know. Could you believe that pitching I mean, they staff? Got pitching staff there. That little Altuve and those guys. But when the Royals played. Houston in the playoffs in 15, it was just, How do you beat? that was a hell of a team. And that was. They've done a great job. I was like you. I would go see Houston play anytime. Yeah, and, you know, the Oakland Athletics, they, you keep thinking they're nobody, that they're that's an easy victory for your team in the pennant race. Not true, man. They're in the thick of things for the, uh, for the uh, wild card. And I haven't looked. We discussed this maybe last night, but I think Oakland – in the American League would probably be in first or second place in the National League Central yes. with their record. Yeah, I think it was a solid second. They may have been first. Yeah, absolutely. So then, with respect to uh, the game tomorrow, you're predicting the Cubs win over the Padres. Darvish pitches a no-hitter, and we don't have a ticket because they are electronic. So. Yeah, I think, I think Cubs win tomorrow. I think Cubs win. Darvish is pretty tough to beat. I'm excited. What food are we going to go for? We gotta eat something in the ballpark. Doug and I admire cuisine. We have to have the Hoded. Hoded burger. burger. Yeah. Ooh, that's a local. Uh, a that's that is a big burger chain. The other night on TV, the uh, the Padres broadcasters were sitting out in the outfield, and and I thought it was well, it was ridiculous. They had a piece of pizza that they didn't eat. They just nibbled, like that was funny. I I, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that whole. But what it did for me is I'm getting a piece of pizza and I'm going to oh, eat it within my 15 second yeah. rule. Just, the, I highly recommend not, do not get the bacon wrapped hot dog like one of our friends did. We, we, you know, Doug works out here occasionally. And uh, so we were at a game a couple of years ago and we got there early and they were just starting to cook the thousands of these hot dogs with bacon around them. And I'm telling you, I love hot dogs. I love bacon. You put them together, I don't like it. And the smell of cooking bacon. In my kitchen, it's good. I love it. I burned that Newski's bacon from Wisconsin. Oh, great. Out there, it's like, man, I don't feel so good. So that'll be fun. We're going with some uh, good friends from from uh, Palma Valley. So that'll be good, man. It's been fun having you on the hey, show. Thank you very much. We'll do it again. I mean, man. there's. Uh, it's always fun. It's always interesting. And... Uh, we will uh, we'll talk at uh, maybe the playoffs. Maybe the Cubs will be in the playoffs, and we can talk a little bit about that. But uh, until we do, appreciate you being on the show. It's Thanks been fun. It's, it's been always fun. good. And, and we'll see you in Minnesota a week from uh, Friday, yeah. right? A week from Friday already? Holy yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the 20th, yeah. up there in Victoria, Minnesota. Yeah. Randall McDaniel, open arms. It's going to be fun. So I know uh, Nellie would appreciate it if he were here, and uh, – the kids in Kumga, South Africa, definitely appreciate your help and, and contributions to that cause. So for Jamie Reske on the lighter side of baseball, it's not always the lighter side of baseball. It's not always baseball. But we have a good time, and it's a lot more fun to have a real live guest. And, Doug, we appreciate it. So for Doug and for me, this is Jamie Reske on the lighter side of baseball, hoping you guys all have a great day. If you're out on the golf course, hit them straight, sink some long putts, and then have a good cold one at the end of the day. And maybe that beer will be one of our sponsors next year. So for Doug and Jamie, have a great day. Mm -hmm.